Um, you know, honestly, it was one of the hardest points of my life. I had split up with Journey's dad. I was a single mom. Um, I had Journey when I was 21. I got pregnant at 20 and I had never planned on having kids, but, you know, tying this back to Femtech, I didn't know it at the time, you know, how that would influence my passion for women's health, but I had no education about birth control. Hello and welcome to Miseducated, the show about unlearning the misguided rules from society that govern our lives. With me, your host, Tash Doherty. Hello, one and all, and welcome back to Miseducated. With me, Tash Doherty. In this week's episode, I'm sharing the first part of a conversation that I had with Christina Van Vuren, the founder of Future of Femtech. Future of Femtech was one of the first umbrella groups to bring together all different kinds of founders in the women's health space. In this episode, I talked to Christina about her life story of how she got started in Femtech, which includes how she got the courage to leave her corporate job where she was really miserable. She'll also tell us the story of how she became inspired to host the first conference on Femtech ever, and the struggles she had to overcome when she became a mum at the age of 21. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So I'm sitting here with Christina Van Vuren, founder and CEO of Future of Femtech, which is one of the great umbrella groups of Femtech that's helping to unite all different kinds of founders who are building different technologies. So we're very excited to have you, Christina. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So where did you grow up? I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and then I, I've moved 38 times in my life now. My dad was in the Coast Guard and then I was in the Navy. So lots and lots of moves. Um, I've literally lived in, I think, 12 states. Most recently, I spent like six years in San Diego and then moved back here in 2013 and have not left and don't intend to move ever again. And what do you love about Georgia? I have a community here and we're we're no San Francisco, but we are emerging a lot in the tech space. And I've just found it really cool to be part of something that isn't already super established. Yeah, that's really cool. And what is the lifestyle like in Georgia? It's like anywhere. It's very different if you're like out in the country or in the city. I am in the middle of the city, um, though it's more like a neighborhood city. It's not like a San Francisco city or a New York city, right? Um, it's still very much like you have to drive everywhere. Uh, lots of Trump supporters, which is always super fun. Um, yeah, it's very conservative, even in the city. I mean, you know, cities are t- like urban areas are they tend to be more liberal, but it's still the South, the Bible Belt. And so dealing with that a lot, lots of no quarantine for me because I'm not going to get sick type people. Mm. So yeah, I just stay at home. Quarantine is, has been a nice break from all that, honestly. So how did you get started in the femtech space then? How did it come up? Yeah, so I actually have always, my whole life, wanted to be a writer slash magazine editor. Um, and I did not do that path. I joined the Navy out of high school and then I 
got out of the Navy, had my daughter. And then I was working at this really terrible corporate job, like the epitome of terrible corporate jobs, creepy boss and everything. And I just remember like toward the end of like almost three years working there, I was crying in the parking lot every day. Like, I don't want to go in. I don't want to do this. I meant for something else so much more than this. And I was like, I'm going to be a fashion writer. (laughs) I am not the most fashionable person. I know pretty much nothing about fashion, but I was like, that's glamorous. I want to do that. And I wrote like one article for Bustle. Um, It was like a personal essay too. It wasn't even fashion. It was like, why? I think the title was like, why women being told not to say the word just is keeping us back because as long as we have to police our words then we're not being treated as equals oh my god I was I got paid like $30 for that I was like oh my god I can make a whole living doing this this is amazing um but then I I got a little bit tired of writing fluff pieces they didn't really feel like they were having any impact on the world. And not to say that lifestyle content doesn't, because I do think that it has a really important place in society. But just for me personally, I wanted to go deeper. And I also wanted to make more money because $30 an article is not much. Um, And so I started just looking at different startups. It was kind of on a whim. I didn't really know what I was doing. I had zero knowledge, zero experience. Like I have an associate's degree in accounting um, that I barely earned, to be honest. So I just started looking on like startup funding websites, like who got funded? I'm like, well, they must, they, they could pay me. They just got like $30 million. I got $30. Like, come on. Like that's, that's awesome. And I would literally, <laughs> I reached out to all of these women's health brands, startups, right? And this was in 2000, early 2015. So before it was like the femtech movement, And I would literally write to these poor people and be like, hello, my name is Christina Van Buren. I'm a writer. I'd love to help you. I'd love what you're doing. And it was like, so like, I think what you're doing is so important and amazing and blah, 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 blah. Will you hire me? (laughs) No experience, no portfolio. But you know what they did? They hired me. They were like, sure, let's try it. And I actually still work with a client or I, I am working with them again after a break where I started working at an agency for a couple of years. Um, But the coolest part was I actually worked with the uh, period tracking app Glow. That was pretty transformative in terms of like why I stayed in digital health and women's health tech. Um, The founders are all men and they're great. They're wonderful, lovely people, you know, but they're all men. And we were writing content for the app. And they would be like, okay, it's day one of her period. Say something like, congratulations, you got your period. And I was like, I'm not saying that to a 17 year old girl. Like that's ridiculous. And I kind of got to help in a small way, but I got to help shape that voice. And I was like, I'm basically the target market. I wasn't 17, but you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was. Um, And you have periods, so that makes you much more relatable than somebody that doesn't. Right, exactly. And I just, I felt like, oh, wow, like I can actually have an impact doing this, even though it's not like nonprofit work or charity, that kind of thing. Like the end user benefits from me having the experiences that I've had. And like, if I can contribute that to a sector that 
is doing really good work, then that's, I'm all about that. So that's kind of how I got my start in it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so do you still really enjoy writing the content? Is that how you still see yourself now? Because it's kind of evolved and you guys are doing like giant community, online, virtual, everything's. Um, So yeah, I'm guessing you're wearing many hats and things. I wear a lot of hats. I'm not really a hat person. So it's interesting. Neither Um, am I. I don't know why people make that analogy. If you say interoperability, you know what you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Especially if you're wearing AirPods. (laughs) AirPods, Um, yeah. But you could say anything and you'll sound smart as long as you're wearing AirPods. So, (laughs) Um, you know, I, I don't enjoy writing anymore. I enjoy writing some things every now and then. But my, so aside from future of femtech, I own a healthcare communications firm and I actually don't work with any femtech companies anymore because they're all very early stage and cannot afford our rates. Though that said, I do a lot of free work because I love women's health and femtech. And so pretty much anyone that knows me knows if like they need something, they can just, hey, Christina, can you help with this? And I've got it, you know, it's no problem. So I don't mind doing it on that level but like any kind of writing like blog posts or ebooks or case studies I'm like I outsource to my contractors yeah and I have a great team of contractors that I rely on and I'm just like here's work here's work keep going Um, because I think after what four and a half five years of doing that I mean writing is my passion and it stopped being my passion and so I like I needed to take a break from it for a while. So that's actually why I joined the agency that I did. And I got to do brand strategy work. And I, t- I say that I, I got a master's degree worth of education in health tech communications in just under two years. And now I get to do that kind of stuff on my own. So yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So with the future of Femtech, when did you actually decide to build that? Like, was it was it looming in your mind for a while? Or were you just like, here it is, this thing, it's birthed, it's completely fully formed when I, the way that I created it. You know, it's interesting because I'm so the type of person who's like, that's a good idea, let's do it now. But for some reason, when I thought of this future of Femtech, which it was not called at first, it was, I think it was just Femtech Summit, very creative. Um, I just like couldn't move forward with it because I knew that if I committed to it, if I, if I put it out into the world, that was it. Then it was go. And I didn't feel like I had the bandwidth at the time. And I wanted to make sure I was really that interested in committing basically all of my free time to this thing. And that was in, I guess, October of 2019. No, I thought about it in like October of 2018. And then I, in October of 2019, so I started telling people about my idea of future of Femtech um, around October of last year when I went to the health conference in Vegas, which was awesome. But I was really pissed off because they tacked the like, women's health innovation section. And I do mean tact, like, oh shit, we forgot. Let's put this right here at the end of the last day. And it was one of the best sessions of the entire conference. And I was livid. 
I like don't really get mad about stuff, but I was just like, can you believe this? This is unacceptable. I'm doing a conference. Forget this. Like I'm done. I'm doing it. And so I started just telling like people who, you know, you network with just random people. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm planning a conference. And like, I had just decided that like 10 minutes ago, but I was like, I'm just going to go with it. And people were like, hell yeah, that's amazing. You have to do it. You have to, that's awesome. And that gave me a lot of, you know, momentum toward like, okay, I'm really going to do this. And uh, a lot of people were like, oh, I know this person that you need to know. I know this person. I think like no fewer than 10 people were like, do you know Jennifer Landon at Springboard Enterprises? You have to meet her. So I like called her. I was like, Jen, uh, apparently we were supposed to know each other. So what's up? And she's like, oh, our conference. Yes. Like immediately dived in. And from there, the traction just, it was out of my hands at that yeah. point. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's crazy because a lot of these other startups are already existing, but there wasn't really any way to bring them together in a meaningful way. Um, so how has that been already? What do you think's been working and what do you think's just getting started? Good question. I mean, Future Femtech was originally a conference, right? Like that's all it was going to be. It was, I was like just an events platform essentially. But after the unprecedented times happened, my new favorite word everyone says it. it's so hilarious um not the pandemic just the word um and I was like a little relieved honestly that the conference had to get postponed till next year because it had just taken a turn that I was like not feeling everyone had their agenda everyone was like you need to have these people you need to have these people this is the most important audience and too many cooks in the kitchen right like it just was not it had evolved but it had evolved into something that I did not want to do. Mm -hmm. And I sat with it for a few weeks and was just like, what is this supposed to be? Because I know this isn't it. Like it's not over, over, but it's not this anymore. And I realized that to my knowledge, there are not any organizations within Femtech or Women's Health that are dedicated to supporting Femtech and Women's Health leaders. You know, there are these women and a few woke men doing really hard work and really, you know, putting themselves out there every single day, trying to move women's health innovation forward, but who is taking care of them? And especially as women, you know, we like, you can have everything I've got. And then at the end of the day, what do we have left for ourselves? So I, I noticed that was something that was missing. And I thought, oh, I'll do market research. I'll ask everyone. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I tell all my clients, you absolutely have to do market research. And I'm like, I'm not going to because I don't need to, but you do. <laughs> um, but you know, it just, it felt right. And I've learned in the last couple of years, my intuition is pretty much never wrong. Mm -hmm. Except sometimes when I text my ex and I yeah. think, oh, it's my intuition. <laughs> I'm like, no, that was not quite right. Um, but yeah, like I just knew that that's what it was supposed to be. I put up a website pretty much in like, you know, over the course of a day, I like neglected all client work and was like, I'm building a website. And it turned out beautifully. And people were like, yes, this is what I want. And so just identifying that and then moving on it really quickly. And I think that's like the biggest shift, but I think there's still so much work to be done in femtech. You know, I mean, of course we all know, right? 
the numbers are abysmal. The funding numbers are just like embarrassing at this point, not for us, but for investors who like 51% of the population, I don't see that there's a target market. Like we probably shouldn't be an investor then. Like, you know, there's a lot that has to change just like in the overall healthcare system. And I'm no expert on all of that, but I am an expert on bringing people together and events and creating community and connection and experiences. And so I thought I'd just put that to work and do my part behind the scenes. Yeah, that's really awesome. And then most recently, you guys had to pivot to virtual events as well. So there's a whole Mm -hmm. series of stuff going on there. Um, I mean, do you think it's been good, the pandemic in a way for future Femtech or like, how did you navigate that? I think it has been great. You know, like no one wants a global pandemic and I feel very privileged, right? Because it's largely been more of an inconvenience for my life than anything else. And honestly, I actually like being at home. I'm very introverted. I have my pets and my plants and my kid. I'm good. I don't need anything. But, you know, it's a privileged position to be in. Um, But I do think that virtual events, it's given us more reach, one. And it's really, really highlighted the need for community. You know, people are busy, work, kids, whatever. And it's hard to find time to connect in person regularly. But now people are like, oh my God, like if I don't make an intention to connect with my community, I'm just going to stay here in my house by myself. So you got to do it. And I think that has really driven a lot of what we're doing virtually now. Yeah. And also, um, I think I've connected more virtually with the right kind of people. Because I think when you're meeting people in person, obviously you have your close friends, you know, your family, everyone but it's really hard to actually meet people within your industry. And I've actually met so many more people <laughs> within Femtech or within, we, I also run an audience building group. So we like help each other to like market ourselves and grow our audiences and an author support group for writers and all these online groups that I never would have joined if the pandemic hadn't been happening. So um, yeah, I'm going to so, need you to send me those links. Those, those oh yeah, you right up my alley. It depends if you're interested in growing your audience as well. You're welcome to join. So basically it was born out of another group that was called Author Support. So our friend Smiley was doing it as a program for people who were writing books. And I was like, thinking of writing a book at the time and a lot of those people were super cool and just like advanced in their fields and stuff so they're like content strategists or they're um you know they've done crowdfunding so I don't know if you feel like I mean you sound like you're already in marketing um but you know it's different marketing for yourself though like I can market the shit out of any client like I don't care who you are give me give me your you know google analytics and your twitter login and I've got you yeah but when it comes to me and my own stuff I'm like what are words? What is, what is Twitter? I don't know what to do here. (laughs) I mostly just like retweet stuff at this point. So I'm definitely trying to find a balance. You know, if I were working on it full time, which is the goal eventually, Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, a different story. But right now I'm like just juggling so much that I'm like lucky to get a tweet up. Yeah, exactly. And so how old is your daughter now? She's nine. Well, she would say, well, I'm going to be 10 in December. So I'm not really nine. I'm almost 10. Her name is Journey Noel. She is the most amazing kid. I am obsessed with her. Like she is actually, I always think 
that I really, I love her, of course, she's my daughter, but I really like her as a person. She is empathetic and kind and interesting, curious. I'm just like, oh, I could go on about her. This is yeah. not a podcast about journey, Okay, we could do one one day. <laughs> She'd be very well, mad, by the way, if I, I talked about her to people oh, she does not know. Oh, okay. So how, what were those years like when you first moved back to Atlanta? Like, did you move there specifically to help get more childcare and stuff and so that you could work and do that at the same time? Like, I think that sounds like a difficult <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, it was one of the hardest points of my life. I had split up with Journey's dad. I was a single mom. Um, I had Journey when I was 21. I got pregnant at 20. And I had never planned on having kids. But, you know, tying this back to Femtech, I didn't know it at the time, you know, how that would influence my passion for women's health. But I had no education about birth control or I know I knew like use condoms you could get the pill but like I didn't know how to do anything I didn't know I didn't know at 20 years old I really had no idea because I you know my family is very Christian conservative like we don't talk about sex it's it's a sin you know like that whole narrative right and so it was a really challenging transition going from I just got out of the Navy and I'm planning to go travel to, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Whoa, like that was a lot. Um, so when I moved back, you know, I wanted to be closer to my family, my parents specifically. Um, and they did help with her when they could, but they lived like an hour and a half away. Um, and it was rough. I remember just feeling like, how am I ever going to give her the life she deserves if I don't even have time to sleep? I literally would go to bed at like 11 p.m. midnight, wake up at five every day, work all day. By the time I picked her up, it was dinner time and bath time and bedtime. And I was like, I am not spending time with her. Like this is, I'm watching her grow up, but I'm not, I'm not getting to be a part of it. And so Actually, this is one thing I've written about um, publicly online is I, when I left my corporate job in February of 2015, she went to live with her dad um, and stepmom. They have three other kids. So that's a whole other thing. You know, she, she needed that and she needed that family structure that I just at the time could not give her. And it was obviously a very like gut wrenching decision, but I still, think that it allowed me to take care of my mental health and my physical health because I was overweight at the time like I just wasn't taking care of myself because when was I going to and with what money I was making 1150 an hour at my corporate job like not enough to support a kid and I that was part of the stress and when I left and started writing I was like I will make this work. There is no plan B. This is it. This is what's going to get me the career that I've always dreamt of. And people, oh my gosh, people would always be like, oh, you're going to be a freelance writer, but you can't make money with that. And you know what I would say to them? Well, maybe you couldn't, but I can. <laughs> Just straight up. I was like, I'm not even allowing that into my, my mm. consciousness. It's not, yeah. it's not an option for me. Yeah. And I actually built my freelance business to just over six figures within a year totally changed my life like it was just night and day 
Yeah. And then from there, I was like, you know, yeah, now well, I it's think time for more. Choosing to write for the startups is also such a smart idea, honestly, because I mean, I just live in San Francisco. People there are just absolutely rolling in money. And it's for the most silly kind of the lifestyle blog effect of technology. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, let's let's make this bank loan company work so that we can make more money when, you know, mm-hmm. our technology is increasing inequality, whatever. A scrunchie that tracks your calories. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, I don't know. And I, yeah, I do think it's great to to find ways to use those, like the, te- the startup world and everything to your advantage. Um, I think that's like really smart. And I guess my other question, um, oh my God, what was I going to say? Ah. <laughs> um, and then, so once you kind of got your mental health and everything back on track, like, did you then ask for your daughter to come back and live with you again? You know, unfortunately, that is not the way it tends to work. You know, she had really like integrated there and it's not fair for her to be pulled back and forth. And so I made the decision to just like let things be. And, you know, every now and then she'll be like, mommy, I want to live with you. But she was visiting for a few weeks. Like she went home like a week ago. She was like, why isn't there anything fun to do here? I'm like, kid, I've played games with you. We've played outside. We've gone for bike rides. I, you, you've been skateboarding. We've watched movies. Like, I don't know what else to do with you. Like, I'm out of ideas. And she's like, I guess having sisters isn't that bad. I'm like, you know, it's a yeah. really important thing. So, yeah. yeah. Until yeah. she's older and can make that decision for herself and like have an you know, more educated idea. But right now it's kind of like vacation time with me. And so Mm -hmm. it's not real life. She doesn't understand that if she lived back with me, she'd be in school, she'd be doing chores. Like it would be a totally different story. Christina and the future of Femtech have been absorbed into Femtech Focus, which is an even bigger umbrella organization that's bringing together all different kinds of women's health founders from across disciplines. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Miseducated and that you'll tune in again soon. Until then, we'll miss you and hope you have a great rest of your day.